Welcome to Twinning Australia with your hosts, Matt and Nat. Hi everyone and thanks for joining us on this episode today. Today Natalie and I will be discussing the first trimester and the different things we found from having a singleton child to obviously having twins. So Nat, why don't you kick us off and talk about, I guess, the first thing that happened is probably how you were feeling when you were pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I, in the beginning, I did feel nauseous and the nausea and the throwing up happened quite quickly and quite fast compared to my first pregnancy with my now toddler. I was sick with him, but this time around, I noticed uh, just after getting the pregnancy test that the vomiting almost happened immediately after. So that was that was quite an interesting difference. But I thought it was normal because, you know, I, I remember having a lot of nausea over the first time around. But, uh, yeah, did the, did the pregnancy test, obviously came back positive and then you book your appointment to see your GP. Uh, they send you for a blood test and the blood test came back obviously yay we're pregnant and my do- my doctor did mention something in that appoint that follow-up appointment of have you got twins like a history of twins in your family which I must mention we don't both Matt and I don't uh, and I was like no 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 and he, he kind of like left let it let it be but then I, I found out later on that the HCG levels in my blood work was quite high which is kind of like the the pregnancy hormone which obviously makes you more nauseous and causes you all other problems when you're having twin pregnancy. But yeah, so I think just that starting off with the blood test, everything's confirmed and then we decided to go through private. Obviously in Australia, you have the choice of going through private or public. We went through private with my first, so we were quite comfortable to go back to the same doctor that we had. And I'm just going to jump in there. And I think the one thing I noticed the most from a, a partner's perspective was how sick you were. This time around, like, I don't know why they call it morning sickness because for you it was all day sickness. And watching that consistently throughout, this time I noticed that you were sicker for a lot longer periods of time as well, where it was sort of coming and going in the first pregnancy. This time it seemed like it was just a constant chunk and for a lot longer. So um, it was something that I noticed throughout, but obviously still didn't know that we were having twins at this stage. But I could tell there was a difference and you were quite sick. I remember that day because you were out the back limbing some trees on the property and I was out there just helping you pick up the, the lighter you know, sticks and branches and popping them in the trailer. Uh, I am quite an active person pre-pregnancy so you know as, as your doctors will tell you whatever you've done pre-pregnancy is okay to do through your pregnancy just you know if you never did the gym before don't start doing CrossFit when you're pregnant but if it's something your body's been used to previously obviously then it's fine so I am quite physically active and I just remember that whole day being outside with you just pondering about helping around and all that not nothing over strenuous and then the next day like the next day I was bed-bound vomiting all day, like to the point that I thought I got heat stroke or something. Like it didn't feel normal. I do remember that, that you thought, because it was in summer, so just a, it was in summer and it was a hot day. I think it was, you know, in the, the mid to high 30s. So Natalie basically was pretty tough out there and then the next day she was bedridden. So that was sort of a flag of what's going on here. That was a bit different to the last time because the last time, and I will say this is that, 
we've fallen pregnant in the exact same sort of time period and that's been planned both times because Natalie wanted to uh, make sure she was not heavily pregnant over summer. We've seen a few of our friends go through that where they were heavily pregnant and giving birth in January, February, and it was something that they all were telling us not to do because mm-hmm. they, were so, they were struggling so much in the heat. So Natalie and I basically made sure that we did everything possible to conceive so that we were giving birth around the same time, which is sort of winter, and both our, I guess, all, all three, I should say now, that's different, but all mm. three of our kids will be born in winter. Which we were going to have about a month or so gap between the siblings, that's so between my, our first son. And what was supposed to be, you know, the next singleton, as they call it. But because they're twins, they don't let them go to full term. Like twins will never get to 40 weeks, certainly not 41. Uh, They pretty much come out at 37, 38 via induction or cesarean. Previous to that, from what I see in a lot of the twins groups that I'm in, um, there's a lot of mums that are having their, their twins around, I'd say around the 36 week mark, naturally, like going into labour. So it's quite interesting to to see the difference in in sort of that sort of singleton pregnancy and and the twins to now. But yeah, the nausea for me hit me hard in the beginning. Not everyone will get nausea, so you know don't don't take my story as oh god this can happen to me because it doesn't happen to everyone. There are some people out there that are extremely lucky and blessed and don't have that have that issue, and I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. Look, there's uh, there's things to get around it. Try and drink as much water as you possibly can. Rest as much as you can. I was always on the lounge. I think Matt would only find me in the lounge or going to bed early. Uh, That was as far as my movements were. I hibernated for two months, I think, two to three months. I didn't go out, didn't see friends, didn't do anything. And I was okay with that. I was not, I had no FOMO. I was quite happy and content to be as close as possible to a bathroom and to just be lazing around in extremely comfortable yet unfashionably wearable clothing, but you just got to do what you got to do to pull through it. And my first appointment with our obstetrician, when we found out we were having twins, which I'll talk through that story in a minute because I think Matt jinxed us on that. Uh, but when we when we saw my my obstetrician, she straight away gave me prescription medication to take for the nausea, which was which extremely helped. I didn't have any for my first pregnancy. I just had like your natural remedies and so forth. But this time around, I, I absolutely relied on the prescription medication. I think the big one I noticed for this time around was Nat all uh, gets triggered a lot by smells. And once again, it's a bit of a running joke that I wasn't allowed to have coffee. I had to move the coffee machine outside into the uh, outdoor pergola. I also, anytime I was cooking, I'd have to try and cook most of our meals outside and even to the point where I like to smoke meats and Natalie, if I smoked meats, even if she didn't smell that, but I ate it the next day, she uh, really could smell that I'd eaten it and, and that set her off and made her quite ill too. So we have a bit of a running joke that, geez, this pregnancy has been hard on me from all those uh, times she was sick. The, the pregnancy is still hard on Matt. It's, it's taken its toll on him. But yeah. it's hard to look yeah. after the kid all on my own. But uh, Yeah, no, it's been pretty tough for you. Yeah, it has. I can't, I can't imagine what I'm dealing with, but... Anyway, but yeah, so nausea, it's not fun, it's terrible, but please bear in mind there is an end to it. It will end. I did have I still I still have little bouts of it, but I, I tend to find something. It's it's self 
uh, self-inflicted is the word I'm looking for. It has got a lot better in th- in the second and third trimester. Yes, I'm not bedridden. So and and once you've gone through that bedridden stage and it moves to you know occasionally maybe once or twice a week or something like that, it's just it's a huge improvement to your life. Like you can actually start to function like a normal human. But I would recommend to still perhaps steer clear of any strong foods, drinks, smells. Uh, because I'm not going to lie, I the last tw- two times I've tried to have takeaway, I had Chinese food when I was feeling great and confident in myself and that ended sending me to the hospital because I had horrible stomach pains and vomiting and I thought there was something wrong with the babies and they were like, nope, you've just eaten something really bad. And I'm like, oh, I was, I was craving that, that chow mein so bad. And then the next round was I was in town for work and went to lunch with some colleagues and had a another confident moment where I thought I could give a Penang curry a go and I paid for that for about three days. And so, you know, I, I would recommend just as, as much as you can sort of avoid the the strong flavoured foods if you're not if you're not feeling yourself one hundred percent. But, you know, you never know if you don't give it a go. So That's true. <laughs> maybe yeah, you just try it once and then if it doesn't work, don't do it again. Yeah, you cop it afterwards, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the story of when we found out we were having twins. So moving on to when we found out we were – so we've, t- we've spoken about how we obviously found out we were pregnant, went to my doctor. He kind of dropped the hint of, do you have twins in your family? And I was like, no, not really sure why he's asking this question. But you never actually raised that with me either. So it's reflecting on – now you probably go, oh, that happened. But at the time you never even mentioned that to me. So I don't think it was in your head. No, it was absolutely not in my head. And I think it's more so not in my head because we've already had a, a child. So I don't know. I just figured – I just never thought about twins. I, I thought maybe that happens when you first go and then it is what it is. No, so blood test obviously went and picked out – well, we already picked our obstetrician because we'd gone through her with my first son and she's amazing. And anyone that lives in Sydney, if you want a recommendation, reach out to us and I'm, I'd be happy to pass her details on. But yes, so on the way to the appointment, I was very sick in the car with my little chemist vomit bags that I had purchased and placed in all vehicles, snacking on a piece of bread with my water bottle. And basically I said to Matt, this is it. We're done. No more kids. I cannot go through this again. And I think we were at Nine weeks. I think I was nine weeks pregnant. So like smack bang in the middle of, of the, the first trimester nausea. And in the car, I just remember saying to Matt, I, we're done. Like, I can't do this again. Like, we're having two kids. We're finished. Because I, I kind of always wanted three. And I know Matt wanted to have a big family too. But the toll it taken on my body at that point, I was just like, I can't do this again. And then what was the joke that you made, Matt, in response to my comment? Well, because you were saying that we you were never going to go through this again, I did make the joke that that's oh, no big deal. We're probably throwing twins anyway, and that'll give us our three. Mm. We laughed, ha ha ha, so funny at the time. At the time, and then yeah, un- unfortunately because of COVID, Matt wasn't allowed to come into my appointment, my first appointment with the obstetrician, which is where she does a little a little tummy scan. She's got a little machine in her room. So yes, again, COVID babies. This is round two for us, but this time's a bit easier than the first time. But yeah, so I went in and speaking to my doctor and uh, she, I told her how I was sick again and she understood because I was sick in the first pregnancy. And then, you know, she's like, all right, let's, let's quickly just, you know, check the babies and check the baby, sorry. 
And at this stage, I think just before you guys were about to do the ultrasound, you tried to FaceTime me and it didn't work. No. So what what we – before that, I actually mentioned to her the joke you made in the car because she herself has three kids and she only just had her third kid like a year ago or something. So I was saying to her, oh, look, we would have loved to have had three kids but I can't do this again. And, and then I mentioned the joke you made and then we laughed because we thought it was so funny. It was hilarious. And she's like, all right, come on, pop up on the bed and we'll do the ultrasound and check little jelly bean in there and make sure everything's going according to plan. And as soon as she put the, I'm going to call it the ultrasound wand, I don't know what the technical word for it is, as soon as it touched my belly, I'm looking at the screen and I see two sacks, like as clear as day. Like I will put this photo up. It's still on my fridge and I will put this photo up on our social media pages because you don't need to be a technician or a doctor or a specialist to see straight away what is going on there. And I just looked straight at her. She looked straight at me and we both at the same time, no joke, said, oh, I said, there's two. She said, there's two. I said, that means there's twins. She said that. Yep. Yep. You're having two, you're having twins. And it was just, it was just like, we both just started nervously laughing at each other. And, and then she, uh, she's a great doctor. She's like, Matt should be here. Matt should know what's going on. So um, I tried FaceTiming Matt and of course my toddler had my phone previously its appointment and turned all my Wi-Fi's and everything off. So she ended up having to use her phone. So Matt was probably wondering what the hell is this? Why is the doctor calling me? But um, yeah, and then obviously she we FaceTime Matt, and what was what was your experience to that? <laughs> well, I was just sitting, obviously parked in the car, just waiting because where the hospital is, there's not great parking around there. But so I was sitting there, and when you called back, it did strike me as odd, um, especially FaceTime, and I was like, oh, this is weird. Like I said, oh, don't worry about it after the first phone call because it just wasn't working. And then the second phone call came, and I was like, oh, this is weird. She FaceTime started working, the camera put up, and uh, I just started laughing because I, and as Nat said, you'll see the photo if you jump on our socials, but it was so clear and evident that I knew we were having twins, and I just started laughing my head off because uh, <laughs> obviously that I had made the joke, but it was just one of those oh-my-God moments that, we're going to be screwed sort of thing. So <laughs> It's a magical experience. It's a bit of a shock at first. And then in that moment, I think you kind of get a bit excited because it, like this, this doesn't happen to many people. And, and I think also like we, we always wanted a big family and I think it was just the universe saying you can still have your big family and we'll just nail it all in one pregnancy. But um, And there are a lot of pros and cons to that too. And I mean, one of those things is obviously we only have to pay the obstetrician fees once, which is a big bonus. Hospital so. and obstetrician and ultrasound. I mean, there's a, there's a lot more ultrasounds and we'll, we'll get into that on another episode. But yes, it's a bit more cost effective, I suppose, having two at once. But then there's also other way, other things that have to come up in costs, like you've got to pay for more cots and bassinets and all that sort of stuff. But we we have a lot of stuff from our, from our son because we... We were kind of in, in the depths and the dark of what to do with our first kid and we just basically threw money at all our problems and just bought one of everything and had furniture all over the place to try and solve these problems. But yeah, so but going back to, to the, the initial shock of, of having twins, I think what I want to send a message out to, to new parents that have just found out they're having twins or are still dealing with the mental shock of, of finding out is at first 
it is like I I was like how how what, how is this going to work? How am I going to manage two humans? We barely survived managing one the last time around. What do we do? Where do we start? Like what how does this happen? Why did this happen to us? You know, you kind of start you can sort of sort of start going down a path of why did this happen to us? You know, why can't we just have one? Isn't it easier just to have one than two? And you know, you, you, some and I can imagine some parents would even go into even more darker places because it is a lot to take in to to double the amount of what people struggle with one and then the universe is thrown two or three or even four onto you at the same time. So I think people just need to sort of understand that feeling won't last forever through the pregnancy. I think there will come a time where you learn to accept it, you take on the challenge, you realise that not every person is built to be a twin mum or a twin dad and I think you need to take that in your stride and really sort of grab that moment that, you know, not every parent is built to do this. And if you can do it and you will do it, mate, you're, you're nailing it. Like you've, you've accomplished something. And I think the important thing is, is that everybody reacts differently. Um, so myself, I, I just laughed. I, I spent probably the next 48 hours just laughing about it. And every time I told someone, I just had a giggle because it's, uh, it's going to, you know, I know it's going to be challenging and it's going to be something that's uh, a bit harder than the first one, and and you know we had some tough times with our, our first one. Our our little fella had colic and didn't sleep very well. And reflux, reflux, and you know I um I was only able to stay at home for the for basically a week once we came home from hospital, and then had to go back to work. So there was a lot of challenging moments in that first pregnancy and whatnot. So coming around the second time, thinking, oh, we're gonna have twins. There's gonna be two of them. Uh, it's going to be a, a lot more difficult just just in the fact that, you know, from a breastfeeding point of view, one compared to two. Um, so everybody reacts a bit differently and there's no right or wrong way to react. I know Nat needed a bit of time to process and she went very quiet for the first sort of 24 to 48 hours and didn't talk very much and I could see she was deep in thought the whole time and I just gave her a space. But uh, for me, I, I was probably a bit happier and having a bit of a laugh because I knew this was our last one and, and thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to have three kids. That's cool. So... Again, everyone has their own way of dealing and processing. So just, you know, respect your partner's wishes or the other person's wishes. And, you know, that's probably a good way to handle the situation. Try and think of it in a positive light as well. It's it's such a blessing. Uh, We haven't had the twins yet, obviously, and I'm further along in the pregnancy and I can't think our situation being any different now. And they haven't even come. What I envisage and my, you know, what I see in the future is just purely our two children plus our obviously our son. So I can't think of anything being any different. So I've really become accustomed to the idea of it and I just don't think I can't think of any other way of having it. So really excited, really excited. And we've also found out the gender. We're having a boy and a girl. So that just absolutely completes our family. You know, we'll have two boys and a girl, a very full house with lots of noise and and it gets me excited for the, all the seasonal things like Christmas and Easter and, and all those sort of events throughout the year where you just have a big family and a big celebration. And, yeah, we're looking forward to it because we don't really have much extended family on both our sides. Can I also touch on um, how we found out about the genders? Because this one was very interesting to me and I found out we weren't able to find out straight away. So when they do the blood tests, they can pick up chromosomes and – our doctor came back and said, well, I can tell you that the Y chromosome is present. But what that means is that it could be 
either two boys or it could be a boy and a girl. Because the Y chromosome is there, we know that it's not two girls, but we still weren't 100% sure. So it was actually quite a delayed and long period of time before we were actually able to find out the gender of the the twins that were coming. Um, So that sort of was exciting, but it was also very... Yeah, it was a delayed process that sort of drawn out and you know we wanted to start preparing things and getting things right and we'd you know been at our new house for about a year now and we were looking at oh what are we going to paint what are we going to do how are we going to set it up and obviously having a boy and a girl not initially but they'll have separate rooms and when we found out they were twins we're like oh if they're two boys they can stay in the same room or two girls we really didn't know that so it did delay a lot of our planning as well and and Natalie and I like to be I guess proactive and we plan quite thoroughly and we'll talk about how that that was a positive and a negative from having one child and expecting that we were going to have just one second child and now that's been thrown out the window and, and how that affected our plans and the things that we'd purchased ahead of time and things like that. But that'll be in a different episode. I also still get them to check for the little penis and vagina in the ultrasounds to this day. Like it's still kind of a, a thing that it's only really detected 100%. Well, it's, and that's not even guaranteed 100% with twin pregnancy it's it's through the ultrasound really most of the time especially for a boy and a girl that's it's the ultrasound that will give you that definite answer so and what what was the final week they gave us the answer was uh, it 28 weeks yeah I'd say mid 20 mid 20s late 20 weeks is where they like the the technicians will definitely be like yes that is a vagina or that is a penis I've got um, an idea at the 24 week mark could be yeah I think at the 24-week ultrasound, she was confident, but she wasn't 100%. And we had to wait for another four weeks, and I think it was the 28-week scan, roughly. Mm. That was when we found out because it was such a long way into the pregnancy mm. of waiting to find out. And, you know, we were very open with our friends that we were going to tell people the gender and whatnot because, I guess, twins changed everything. We were going to... We kept our first son a secret until the birth and we were going to do the same this time. But when we found out it was twins, that changed the game plan and we wanted to, to make sure that we sort of were as prepared as possible. We didn't do a gender reveal. Nothing against them. I just think it was more preparing and having to do it. Uh, and I think also just, again, that sort of it's such a lengthy process, more so for a boy and a girl twin pregnancy to kind of get that absolute guaranteed answer which is quite late in the down the track I did see recently in one of the twins groups that I'm in on social media that a mother uh, I had to have a little giggle and she she had a giggle too when she wrote the content piece but she got the ultrasound person told them they were having a, a boy and a girl or whatever it was so they ran off and did their gender reveal did a full gender reveal with the the pipes and the confetti and that comes out and everything like that and then two weeks later, the blood work came back and it was not what she was told from the ultrasound. So the old gender reveal had to uh, have an update notice go out afterwards. So, I mean, look, each to their own, but I'd, I'd probably wait a little longer to get your definite answers with, with the genders if, if you want to go down the, you know, doing a big surprise reveal and all that sort of stuff. But I think we got to the point that we were too, we got too nosy. I think we would, we just couldn't wait and we just wanted to know. And I think because obviously having two of them, we just wanted to be prepared. So I think as early as my 16-week scan, the technician, we went to Sydney Ultrasound for Women, which costs money, but they're very detailed in the scans. And all they do is 
pregnancy scans. So they're very good at what they do. And I think it's as early as 16 weeks, the technician was like, listen, I can give you my educated guess. Pretty sure it's a boy and a girl, which we were like astound. Like we were so excited and happy. But then I don't think it was until we got to about week 25, 26, where it was like, okay, now we're 100%. We're good. There's a penis and a vagina. We're right. So it, it was like a good 10 week process from the educated guest to like definite, yeah, we can we're see. We're confident to say this is what they are. Yeah, like, okay, now I'm, I'm quite confident to go out and, and buy a little frilly dress because, you know, I can, I can see what they can point out in the ultrasound now versus when they're like jelly beans. It's pretty difficult, a bit bigger than a jelly bean, I suppose. So I think the last thing I wanted to, I guess, get your thoughts on for this episode was how did you go about picking your doctor? Because I think that's something that's probably really important. I know our doctor that we have is um, I'm very comfortable with and I know you love her. So how did we get? To, how did you get to that point? Obviously, probably not so much on this pregnancy because we're returning to that same doctor, but how did you go about it in the first one for those new mums out there or expecting or potentially starting to think about it? I think first you need to take a step before that is you need to pick between your partner and yourself if you're going to go through public or private because you can't pick your doctor if you go through public. Obviously, I, I don't have a lot of experience on public uh, having a pregnancy and a, a birth through the public system. It's great. Both, both, both sides of the fence are great. It, there's no right or wrong way. Uh, and I would actually like to get someone on as a special guest to do a bit of a, a rundown on the public system because I think that's quite informative to people that want to go down that path. But I can speak on behalf of the private sector and that is where you can pick your own doctor. And the process that I went through was first I asked close friends that had gone through their own obstetricians and you do the whole sus text message of asking for a friend but uh, who did you go through for your doctor? Uh, which most of your close friends really can, they all read between the lines. They know what you're asking and they know why. But anyway, you still go ahead with that little, that little technique. But I asked for recommendations. My friend, one of my close friends at the time uh, was having her second child and actually took me on a maternity ward tour of the hospital that we went through. And so I went with her and that was quite insightful. That was good to see the facilities and most private hospitals do provide tours through COVID. Unfortunately, they stopped them. Uh, I think they did virtual tours through a lot of them, Uh, but I would recommend doing a tour if you can, just because you're going to be in that hospital after the birth, you're going to be there for, I think, almost a week for natural birth. They keep you in for five days or five nights. The cesarean is an extra day and night. So definitely do a tour. And ask your friends, you know, it's always good to get someone's opinion or reference if they've personally gone through someone. But I ended up picking my doctor separate to everyone else, all my other friends. Um, I went through the same hospital as one of my close friends, but I ended up picking my obstetrician mostly based on that she's a female. Uh, I personally feel more comfortable with another female and... I read her her references online. Obviously, the hospital provide all the information and background detail on all their obstetricians. And I did a little bit of research myself, but it came down to a couple of doctors that I was picking based on being female. And I'm really glad that I went down that path because my doctor, she, as I said previously, she's got three kids. She's had babies. She's had epidurals. She's had natural birth. 
She's done all the things. So she can actually relate and sympathize with how I'm feeling, my emotions, my needs. And she just has that sort of motherly instinct, I suppose. Like, you know, every time I go in, she, she's happy to give you a bit of a cuddle. Like she, it's, it's a very personable relationship that she has with her patients. And that's something that I felt very comfortable with. Like I remember with my first son, I ended up having an emergency C-section and I got sent into the operating theatre without Matt because your husband can't go in when they're doing the spinal tap for the emergency C-section and my doctor was the one that came and held me and let me cry on her shoulder because I was just like, this isn't going the way I thought it was supposed to be and she's like, it's okay, it's fine. And, And I really felt her sympathy and emotion in that moment and I'll never forget that and And yeah, ever since, you know, there was no question about going back to her for the second pregnancy. And it's actually quite interesting. She's delivered twins in the public system previously, but I'm her first private patient from beginning to end. So she's just as excited as I am to go on this twin journey, which I think is quite, quite nice that we have that in common as well. Yeah, excellent. So I think we'll leave it there for the episode and um, we'll come back next time. And our next episode, we'll continue talking about different things in first trimester. So thanks for listening and. Hopefully you guys will come back and listen soon. See ya. Bye. If you have any questions for us here at Twinning Australia Podcast, please feel free to send us an email. Our email address is twinningaustraliapodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can get in touch with us via our social media accounts, Facebook at Twinning Australia Podcast and Instagram, Twinning Australia, all one word. Thanks for listening and we hope to hear from you soon.